Hey, what's up? I'm Riley, Editor-at-Large at Tempo Journal. Welcome to Up There Athletics. We're here tonight for the Art of Marathoning, a special conversation with Brett Robinson and Jack Rayner, two of Australia's best distance runners. Over the next little while, they're gonna share their tips and tricks, hints, all their experiences from years of being at the top of their game in Australian distance running. We do have an audience in the house tonight. My crew from Hunter Athletics are here in the building, but you get to watch it from the comfort of your lounge room. If you haven't checked out Up There Athletics yet, you've got to come and see these guys. 179 Flinders Lane, Melbourne. And if you're around on Saturday morning, December 11, make sure you come by for the shakeout run. That's it, let's get into it. Enjoy the show. Guys, thank you so much for coming to The Art of Marathoning. Um, I'm not going to do massive introductions because we all know who these guys are, but a big round of applause for Brett Robinson and Jack Rankin. Does it turn on? There we go. Guys, thanks so much for giving up some time in Marathon Week. We know Marathon Weeks you know, can be pretty crazy depending on where you are in the world, but um, must be nice to have, I mean, Brett, you live, what, 500 metres from the start line? It must be nice. Um, yeah, thanks for having us. It's, uh, everyone is kind of nervous in Marathon Week, but I think it's also a good distraction to do things like this and kind of take your mind off it, but also get your mind ready for it. I think uh, this will get me kind of in the zone, more thinking about the race and then from here, that's what I do. But yeah, I, I live in Richmond, so, which is very convenient for the race. There'll be no traffic for me. I can walk straight over and... Um, walk home slowly. Yeah. Uh, Jack, like, um, we've, we've seen each other in Marathon Week plenty of times. I think New York 2019, um, you know, in the, in the days before the race, you guys were walking all over the city and doing plenty of sightseeing and that sort of stuff, like a low-key week this week for you, I'm sure. Yeah, not doing the marathon this time, just doing the half, but uh, yeah, probably a lot less walking around compared to after the race at um, New York. But, yeah. <laughs> let's, uh, let's hope the after party is just as big. Um, <laughs> hey, let's, let's, you know, a question you're both probably going to get a hundred times this week. How are you feeling? All right, let's start with you, Brett. How are you feeling for the marathon? You're feeling, you're coming off Tokyo. Um, Feeling good, feeling healthy. That's Brett's most hated question. <laughs> I know. I have to ask. It, I, I hate on race day when people go, "Oh, how are you feeling?" I'm like, no matter how I'm feeling, I'm going to say good. So just don't ask me. But um, I think with marathon training, you always feel kind of crappy and tired. And I think you get into race week and you're like, "All right, now I'm going to start feeling good." But it's like, nah, you've still got a lot of training in your legs, and that doesn't just go away after a few easy runs. So I'm starting to feel better, which is good. But yeah, ideally, I want to be feeling good on Saturday, Sunday, um, and, and then I know I've timed it right. But um, yeah, the, the I saw a good uh, thing from Molly Sidle the other day where you want to be going up, not going down. Um, I'm definitely on the way up this, this year for, the, for this marathon, which is good, but I think a lot of them have been three, four weeks out, I'm like, oh, I wish the race was today, because I'm like, I feel so fit, um, and that's a long time to try to hold it. So, um, yeah, I'm done a little bit, but I think it will be a good thing for me. Jack, running the half, your, your prep as well, I mean, you know, we all know about Tokyo, and you, you know, you, you did your best to get there and do what you could, but, how are you feeling now going into the half? Uh, yeah, so right before Tokyo, like a month out, I got a stress reaction. So I was probably in the best shape of my life in the like, lead up to Tokyo, training with Brett. Um, yeah, we just struck together like a really consistent few months. So it was kind of pretty devastating finding out I was injured right before the race and then 
holds me, like not being able to finish. But um, yeah, coming home, like getting my shit together, and finally being injury free, and now yeah, just all those things coming to some form. So I'm just excited to get out there and race. Something that I think like a lot of amateur runners, you know, we get so in our head about, especially about marathon prep and like, you know, whether it's an eight week or a 12 week block, like we think that every session has to be perfect, right? And if, if you know, like in race week, you're thinking about the long run that you missed six weeks ago and you're like, oh man, my race is going to suck because I missed that one session or whatever, right? But you guys have both had great races off imperfect blocks in the past and like, and especially as coaches now, right? Like, do, do, do us amateur runners, do we get too caught up in the idea that training has to be perfect for you to have a good race? Uh, yeah, I think definitely. When I look back at my PB, sorry, um, like in the lead up to, to London, I had a, like two weeks where I barely ran. I was like struggling to get through training and then I ran my PB. Then New York, I like, it was smashing the training. I'm training better than ever before and I ran worse. Um, it's more about that, yeah, like the, the block's important, the individual days aren't important. Um, it's kind of stringing it all together. Uh, yeah, like I'm trying to tell my athletes, it's, it's, yeah, you just got to get used to running a good pace, feeling good with it, and it's not like the, the, the training will take care of itself if you just turn up every day and do it. It doesn't have to be perfect, it just has to be done when you can. If, if you're injured, take some time off, like don't push through it because if you turn a three-day injury into a two-week injury, you're further behind. So it's about being smart and just getting through it the best you can. And just, it is what it is. So just get there and race. Mm. Um, let's talk a bit about the Melbourne Mara course. Now, obviously neither of you have run the Melbourne Marathon before, but Jack, you, in 2018, you paced Sinead for a fair chunk of it. And I mean, you both obviously do a lot of training around the areas anyway. Start with you, Brett. Is there anything, is there any specific part of the Melbourne Marathon course that interests you or that you're thinking might be an opportunity for you or like, how do you kind of view the course coming into Sunday? Um, well, we're looking at having pretty good conditions. So that actually makes Lakeside and uh, the, along the beach a lot more interesting than if it was bad conditions. So, um, and I've trained there before. So, so that's something I, I really like running along there and it's where you can kind of on the way back, I think from, from St Kilda Road, you can definitely make up some time um, yeah, if it's good conditions. You have to be ready for that hill at the 10. Um, I haven't run it in a race, but I've run up it plenty of times. And, but I think once you get from there, um, it is a very good finish. Like once you get over that hill, it's, you got downhill to the finish. So um, I would save a little bit to get up that hill and then really bring it home from there. Jack, you're, you know, as Brett said, like good conditions and like the bulk of the half marathon, basically, like the action is kind of around Albert Park, right? So how do you kind of approach the half? Uh, yeah, the same as I would most races, just study the course as much as I can in the lead up to the race. But yeah, we pretty much do all our thresholds around Albert Park, so familiar territory for us. So, uh, but yeah, in the marathon, I would say the most, like the hardest part would be that 35k mark around the town. I remember pacing Sinead by like, 2018 it was uh, the week after I did the half marathon and I just jumped in and paced it till 35k and I was probably the most tired I've ever been in any race and uh, she was just pulling away from me up this hill and I like, stopped and I was like in awe of her, I'm like this is unbelievable and she went on to break the race record. 
Jack also ran that half marathon and then got really drunk and missed his flight the next day. So we were supposed to pace Sinead and she was been waiting for him to come home. Got home like two days before the race and then oh, paced him. Oh, yeah, so that's why he was really tired. <laughs> right, good, good additional context there. Um, hey, something else that I think like affects all of us, you know, whether you're an amateur or an elite is like dealing with expectation coming into a race, especially like a, you know, we would consider a marathon like a milestone race, right? Or like, you know, one of those kind of big ticket items. And for amateurs like us, expectation might be, you know, being asked by your friends and family, like, oh, what's your PB or what are you shooting for? Or, you know, feeling that sort of group pressure or, or pressure that we put on ourselves. For you guys, it's very different, right? It's the running media, it's um, all that sort of stuff. Like. Have you guys, how do you guys deal with external expectation and external pressure? You know, you're obviously like super popular in the Australian running community and, and people are always expecting when you guys show up to a race that you win. Is that something you just get really good at blocking out or like how do you kind of cope with that? Um, I try to use it as motivation. I kind of, like I used to always be on Instagram, like be a bit of a smart ass and kind of <laughs> want people to want me to get beat. Um, and I would use that as motivation to like, okay, I can't get beat or I have to run well here. Um, but deep down, all I really care about is pretty much my friends and, and what, what they think. So I like that. And I guess you guys are the same. Like all you're doing it for is yourself and probably your friends and your family. Um, and then at the end of the day, however you run, they're still gonna be proud of you. Um, if you think about all the training you've done, like they're just proud of that. So I think it doesn't matter. Take it away and I think stop thinking you're so important pretty much <laughs> because <laughs> no one really cares. Like you're doing a running race, just go out of there, do your best and everyone will love it. Yeah, that's good. Um, <laughs> what, okay, so what about, as, what about as coaches? Like have you got, and I'm sure you do, right? Like, a lot of amateur athletes, like we're, a lot of us are very high maintenance, you know, some are, some are. Have you got athletes who are just super strung out this week who are worried about, oh, I've got to hit this time and I've got to run, I, don't, I can't run four 15s per K, I've got to run four 14s on the nose, like it has to be, it has to be perfect. How do you kind of, as coaches, how do you deal with that? Uh, yeah, there's probably a, a big mix of athletes, but um, yeah, it's amazing how, how caught up people can get on running paces and things like that. But, like, Every time, probably Brett and a lot of people, every time we go out in a race, we're not actually looking at our watch. Most of the race, we're just running and actually racing and not getting caught up on the numbers because sometimes people just overthink the smallest little things and let their watches control them. But if you just go out and race and run to have a feeling, you can probably get the most out of yourself. Yeah, I remember my first marathon, I um, wore a watch and I was like checking it, like every 100 metres to see if I was still on pace. Like, I was getting a sore arm from doing that. And then um, in my second one, I, like, I knew it was like such a mistake. I just wasted energy. Like, I was with a pacemaker, and if, they, if I thought they were a bit off, I would like go in front of them. Um, and then it was just stupid. I just wasted so much energy. And then for my next marathon, I was like, I'm not gonna wear a watch. And I just, every, there was clocks on the course, and I would just like look away when we're going through them. So I had no idea what pace I was on. Um, and it actually would have, if I'd known, because I went out really fast, if I'd known, it probably would have freaked me out and I would have like, oh, I don't know, panicked or, or like, oh, actually I'm too tired for this. Um, where I just, I just kind of was oblivious and I'm just running off feel, I felt good. So I just kept going at that pace and actually ran well. So I think it's good to kind of go off feel a little bit and, and not stress about the pace. 
let's talk about like when, when you're in the thick of it, and again, this is probably more marathon specific than half marathon specific, but I've got a question for you on it as well, Jack. But you know, a lot of us, especially if you know, it's your first or your second marathon, right? Like a lot of our thoughts on race day, it's not about, you know, can I make, can I run a marathon? It's like, oh, what am I gonna do when I hit the wall? Or what am I gonna do in that, in that moment where it gets really, really hard, whether that's 30K, 34K, it might be at 36K, right? When you start running up the tan, like what's gonna happen when it gets really hard? Like, what am I going to do? You guys, you guys have had probably both sides of that, right? London for both of you went amazingly well. New York went differently for, for various reasons, right? Um, what's, what's your thing? What's your go-to when a marathon gets hard? Like, how do you kind of stay in the moment, stay with the people you're running with? Like, where do you go to? Um, for me, I, like, for most of the race, I'll, like, try to switch off and not think about the race at all. Like, I'll be thinking about completely different things, like happy thoughts. I, like, go back through, like, memories, um, whatever they are, like... I don't know, I think about my dog and stuff like that. And just like, it's honestly, and I don't know, I read this thing once, it's like, they did MRI on people's brains and like, if they were in pain and then they got shown like a happy, like puppy or something like that, um, their brain like changed. So that was like my theory behind it. And I, so I just try to think of like puppies, friends, <laughs> <laughs> and, and just pretty much take my mind off it. Um, and I, it's funny because like, I won't even remember a lot of the race because I'm just, I just haven't been concentrating what's actually going on. So th that's my kind of thing. It, it takes away from the pain, but it, it is obviously it, it is going to hurt. It, it, like you will get to the point, and it's going to get very hard. So you're prepared for that as well. But I think if you can distract yourself long enough, it kind of delays that as well. Yeah, definitely in the same boat. That's correct. Every well, most races I do, I'll try and distract myself as much as I can, and even. Uh, not so much thinking about the race, but just break the race down into different sessions and almost like think about different things in different sections of the race almost. Um, it's kind of hard to describe, but you almost trick yourself into believing the race is like shorter than what it can be. Um, that's just worked for me in the past. Yeah, I try to tell my athletes yeah, to break it down into little um, like goals. Uh, you have to achieve this. So like the first one might be running, if, um, if you're trying to break three hours, like running the first 3k over 4 15s um, and so you tick that off and then it's then getting down to the end of St Kilda Road um, like feeling good and like like something like that just like a few different things and you just concentrate on that and then tick, tick them off and like it's like you got jobs to do the more you tick off the better the race is going to go so um, yeah it's a good way just to kind of distract yourself. Um, Jack I want to talk I want to go back to Cardiff 2018, that was 2018, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, for anyone who hasn't seen it, amazing YouTube link of a, of a half marathon, Jack won in Cardiff. Two or three Ks to go, you look, you know, it's, it's yourself and a couple of Ugandan lads, um, and you look like you're just hanging on. You, you're kind of off the back and you, you're sort of yo-yoing a little bit, not massively, but a little bit. And they seem to be picking up the pace. The commentators are saying you're out of it. They're like, oh, Jack Rayner's gonna be happy to get third today. And um, with like a K to go or 1200 to go, you just blitz these guys. And it's now like this really iconic sort of famous victory. How do you, and you can't have been jogging at 20K, right? You can't have been jogging at 15 to 20K. Like you, you're pretty much close to your limit. Like how do you find that last little bit? Because, you know, none of us, 
not to speak for the, the audience, but none of us are racing to win on Sunday, right? But sure enough, we want, we want to have something at the end. When we get into the G or when we get down close to Brunson Ave or whatever it is, like you want to be able to find something else or whether it's going up the tan or, or whatever. How, what are you tapping into there? Is it, is it something in your mind? Is it you've left a bit in the tank physically? Um, it's kind of, yeah, it's hard to describe, but every race I kind of do where I'm in contention at the front, it only ever happens if I'm at the front of a race in contention to win, but I almost get like a second wind with like a couple of K to go. I almost trick myself into thinking the race has just started again and I almost become fresh again. Uh, it's only like it's happened to me a few times, but yeah, it's very hard to describe. But yeah, you can almost just find another gear and a second wind. But yeah, in Cardiff that race, I was getting, I was almost doing drops. Like I reckon, good five, six times where I was just hanging in there, and then they just slowed up, slowed up enough for me to get back in and start feeling okay again. But yeah, it was a very strange race. I think I think the aftermath of that race was also probably your greatest ever Instagram. Uh, caption, but we'll, we'll talk about that another time. Um, hey, Galen Rupp said something interesting before Chicago, actually, on a Tempo interview. He spoke about, like, and Galen Rupp doesn't say a lot, you know, pretty quiet guy. You know, he kind of revealed this, like, real kind of killer instinct, and he spoke about, like, at some point during a marathon, you've just got to, like, you've just got to kill the opposition, right? And you've got to leave them for dead and you can't let them hang on too long. Like, at some point, you've got to really crush their spirit and, and whatever else, right? Um, I know you're probably not going to give away everything for Sunday, either of you, but you both go into your races as, like, you know, the favourites, right? Good competition around, but you both go in as the favourites. Like, are you thinking at all about your opposition in these races? And, oh, I think this guy's capable of running this, so I just need to run a bit faster, or are you, are you just doing you? Um, yeah, to be like I said before, we've, we've ticking off the goals. Um, I'll have my own goals for myself, and I usually write them out in my notes as well before, the, like in the days before the race, so I like I have a bit of a plan. But um, and the, the first, my first three quarters of the race will be getting through it and achieving what I have to achieve in those things, and then then there will be a point in like past thirty k where it will be all right now and work out how to win. Um, it'll be depending on how I feel, of course, but um, it, could, it could be from a long way. It could be if I'm feeling like crap, it'll be, well, as I'm entering the MCG, I don't know, but um, <laughs> probably not. But uh, yeah, d definitely always thinking about the win and thinking about, you will have to see what the competition's doing and, and how they want to run it. But um, yeah, first achieve those goals, get to that point, and then work out how to win. The, the 24 hours, the 24 hours before the race, that's like, you know, I think we're all kind of think we're doing the right things, but it feels like it's more art than science, right? Like getting that kind of, you know, that for, even the, the whole tape a week generally. But um, what sort of stuff are you guys saying to your athletes about that sort of that last bit before the race, you know, physically what they should be doing mentally, how they should be preparing? Uh, yeah, I spoke to my marathoners today, um, actually, and kind of gave them a bit of a plan for the rest of the week and, and kind of the 48 hours before. But obviously, carbo load is a huge thing. Um, and I don't think, I, I didn't understand it near enough until recently of, of like how much food you actually really need. Um, you need a lot of carbs. <laughs> um, like it was, yeah, the stuff I did for the Olympics, like it was making me feel sick. I was eating that much rice. So, um, yeah, so I think I'm definitely trying to get my guys to do a lot more carbo load. Um, but, and then mentally, like, you, you can think about the race, but 
it's you got to switch off at some point and then just relax, get there, enjoy it. Like you're running Melbourne Marathon on a good day, like in your home city, it's like, it's gonna be fun. So I think just let it happen and go with it and yeah, have some fun. Yeah, and another thing, just seriously don't overthink it. Like, this is just a race at the end of the day. And like, get out there, enjoy it. When's the last time Melbourne Marathon's been on? It's been like two years, so. But the more you stress about it, you're not going to get much out of stressing about it. The main thing is enjoying it. Um, Brett, you have had like some really, I guess, like a lot of like GI issues during marathons, right? And just trying to figure out what works for you from a fueling perspective. Um, and I know after Tokyo, you kind of were searching for help, right? Because <laughs> you thought you had it figured out, and, and obviously Tokyo didn't. Right at that point in the race where you were starting to really make up positions as well, like similar to what we saw with Sinead like the day before or whenever it was, right? Like she just moved through the field and watching it, you were moving through the field really well as well. And then all of a sudden that progress just mm. stopped. So have you, you'll find out on Sunday, I guess, <laughs> but have you, have you nailed that part of like race day nutrition now? Um, yeah, yeah, I had a plan in Tokyo to try to run through the field and, and then, yeah, like I was feeling pretty good and then yeah that happened and it's just like the most devastating thing um it just like kind of caused panic as well but yeah and I put that Instagram out after and um like I was blown away with the amount of responses I got from it like I couldn't even get back to everyone because I was like I'm gonna be doing every single test under the sun if I, if I, if I listen to every single advice here so um but yeah I, I actually yes yeah, saw a doctor I had a CT scan last week I've, I've had a, a few scans and um stuff like that to try to figure it out so don't actually think it's anything to do with my gut. It's it's more a either vascular or a muscle issue um, in my like upper abdomen. Um, I had an injection uh, on Wednesday as well into my ribs because um, I got a really tight rib joint. So, but the same thing. It's like this is what I'm actually the most nervous about is that I don't know if I've done the right things because I can't test it in training. So, at about 30k, we'll find out. <laughs> either I'll be going on for a good race or I'll. Be in a lot of pain, but <laughs> Jack, what about you for the half? Were you, were you fueled during that or just no? I was thinking about that today actually, but I don't think for a half marathon it's really necessary to take any fuel on board. Maybe if you're out there for over 90 minutes, but when you're doing it in like a bit over an hour, I don't think it's absolutely necessary. And I think there's only one drink station out there, but uh, the main thing would be nutrition for the race would be the key, but yeah. Taking in water if it's really hot, it's fine, but no actual like more or anything out of the course. And the drive, the drive in on Sunday morning, what's like, what's on the, what's on the aux cord, what's on the playlist? I haven't thought of that. I don't know. Maybe Kiss FM. <laughs> not, not one and one. Eighty-six point seven. <laughs> what in race week like this? What what is? What's your coach, what's Collis saying to you guys? Like, is, is it just tactics? Is it focused on your own? Like, monitor how you're feeling, respond to how you feel? Like, where does, you guys have been racing for forever. You know how to race. Like, what does he do for you in race week? It's funny having, because we kind of have two coaches now, like Nick and Collis. So you've got Nick who doesn't say much. Like, Nick just said to me today, he goes, bro, you know what to do? I'm like, yep, he goes, good. And then, where Carl's probably give me a K by K rundown of how I'm supposed to go. So they're very different styles. But yeah, yeah. Like I think with me and Carl, like we used to live together. We've known each other for a long time. So we have a kind of understanding of 
um, he knows how to speak to me and coach me. But um, yeah, he, he kind of just told me kind of what to do a little bit, but, but hasn't really got into it. Like he kind of gives me a bit of freedom as well. Yeah. So. Yeah, honestly, they don't, they don't they tell us what to do much on race week. Kind of, once you've been doing it long enough, you kind of pick up things along the way. You kind of follow the same routine as you normally would, but it's a whole lot of not so much. Yeah, I guess it would be a bit of a worry if you were getting to this point and asking, like, hey, what should I do? Yeah, it's always funny. Like, some people get, yeah, get to the Olympics and they're like, oh, what should I do? And then, like, Nick would be like, you've done this like 50 times. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, this is the basic principles of racing. Like, just go out and do what you do every single time. Hey, Jack, um, one of my favourite kind of images or race moments of you was down at Launceston last year. Did you race the 10 or the half that day? Uh, the 10. The 10. But the sunnies, the sunnies coming back. It's, it's going to be a sunny morning on Sunday. The sunnies going to be back. Oh, I don't think so. I might get in trouble for wearing them because they're ugly. Oh. Sorry. It really dropped you in it there. Uh, okay, didn't realise that. Good. Uh, moving on. I think, like, generally, I mean, you guys have you guys have had pulse running for I don't know, let's say a year, eighteen yeah. months. It's been a while now. Like, it's it's a really established program, and you've you got a lot of athletes, and and it looks like a really diverse group of athletes. I'm really curious, as you know, elites who are still kind of at the top of your game. Has it been like an eye-opening experience coaching this massive group of athletes and kind of understanding like what makes them tick and what their kind of concerns and, you know, the stuff that they spend all their time thinking about? Like, has that given you kind of a new perspective on what running is to other people? Yeah, there was definitely some things at the start that I would just take for granted. Um, like, I remember I gave uh, Kyle... The, who can't be true, we know. Um, like, I can't remember what it was. It must have been just like six by a K with a minute rest. And he goes, yeah, um, got pretty hard. Uh, the, those floats in the middle got a bit uh, slow and made me tired at the end. And I was like, look back, I'm like, where's the floats? And then uh, he's like, oh, I thought I was supposed to float in those one, one minute rests. And I'm like, no wonder it got hard for you. Like, you were supposed to stand still or jog around. But, um, and so those things like definitely, yeah, it's just kind of, I had to learn that not everyone knows those things. Um, but then I've also taken a lot away from it for myself. Like, I would kind of like say to someone, oh, like, like if you're a bit sore, just take it easy for a few days. Where, and then I'm like thinking about, I'm actually, I've got a sore hip as well. Like, I've just been training through it for the last week. Like, okay, I better have a few easy days too. If I'm giving that advice out, it's probably the right advice for myself. Um, so that's been good for me, but it, it has been very rewarding coaching these um, people as well. Um, and I'm hoping we have a lot of good results on the weekend. Yeah, I just uh, real briefly on that, like it's, you know, this would probably be the first time where you guys will be out there on course and, and you probably won't see a lot of like the rest of the field because you'll be that far out in front. But you will probably have moments where you're kind of like passing people on the out and back and be probably the first time that you'll see pulse singlets getting around on course. Like that's, that's kind of cool that the day you know, the day is mostly for you guys about you and your careers and your racing, but it's cool to know that there's people out there kind of representing you guys as well. Yeah, without a doubt, that'll be, I think it'll be the first time it's going to be a proper race for us in Melbourne with guys we're coaching in the same race, so it'll be pretty special. Last one, I think, for me. Um, you know, a marathon, serious stuff, recovery is, is pretty solid from a marathon, even, even a half marathon at max effort. Like, 
should we take this that summer for you guys of racing will be pretty quiet or have you kind of planned out the summer of 22 and into next year? Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, <laughs> Nick and Cole's always ready to get us straight back in training. Um, I, I don't know, I'll be pushing for a few week rest, but um, I'll, I'll get jogging uh, like pretty quickly because I think it actually helps with recovery. Um, sit, like when I was at, after the Olympics, having two weeks sitting down was like the worst thing for my body. Well, the day I got out, I just felt so bad running. Um, so definitely I would, I'll try to have a few days off and then get moving. But um, if I'm okay, I'll race Adapec, which is Australia Day, yeah. which is a quick turnaround, that's only like six weeks. Um, and then I'm, we're both looking at maybe doing a half marathon in Amman. In, in Jordan. It's in Jordan. Is it? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I thought it was Oman. Oh, is it? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's either Amman, Jordan, or Oman, the country. Um, <laughs> I thought it was A-M-A-N. A-M-M-A-N. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, on February 11th. <laughs> cool. We'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, probably. Hopefully get the right plane there. Look into some more details on that yeah. one. Um, hey, actually, last, last question. Uh, Shakeout on the Saturday, like, how much running is enough running on a Saturday morning? Because, like, a lot of the time we'll see people kind of go overboard and get carried away and caught in conversation, and before you know it, they've done, like, an 8K shakeout, right? Like, um, what are you telling your guys to do on a Saturday morning, and what are you guys doing? Well, for a marathon, I'd... Probably give all my guys just 20 to 25 minutes shakeout, which is really easy. Yeah, runs out, you're feeling, don't look at your watch too much, but yeah, no, no more than 25 minutes. You don't really need to do much. Yeah, yeah same. I think I've, I'll probably do 5 or 6K. I've told my athletes, yeah, 20, 25 minutes. So um, honestly, it's just get your legs moving. But if you don't feel like running, go for a walk or a walk jog or something like that. But it's, yeah, it is good just to keep moving a little bit. So, but the bare minimum. Now, Sunday afternoon, we've obviously got um, the after party after the race at Royal Saxon. I mean, I don't want to, I, I really don't want to get ahead of ourselves here, but um, there's decent prize money at the Melbourne Marathon, so maybe like buy us a beer after. <laughs> anyway, not a question, not a question, just put it out there. Um, guys, join me in thanking these guys for coming in tonight. Big round of applause. Any, 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 last, any last kind of bits of wisdom that you'd like to give the audience tonight? Um, don't go out too hard. Don't, I do that in every single race, and it hasn't worked. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, from experience, don't go out too hard. But just run smart and enjoy it, and, and good luck. Yeah, same thing as Brett. We've already said it no, much times. So yeah, main thing is enjoy yourself. Don't, don't stress too much, and have fun. Cool. Thanks so much, guys. appreciate you coming in tonight. Cheers.